Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. Start your 2024 off right with some new clothes from Leon Tailoring. Something new, something tailor made, something ready made, or something custom made. They got the finest in men's and ladies' apparels, and they also take care of you as well. They've been around for almost so near 100 years and some change, and don't stick around that long unless you're getting it right. So get it over to Leon Tailoring. Tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Step up a little bit closer. Yeah, you're 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 surrounded. You're outnumbered. You're outnumbered. Sorry, my life. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, so Mr. Chambers, uh, you filed today. Yep. Uh, why running for governor? I believe in Indiana. I believe Indiana is great, but it can be even better. I think a, a, a non-politician, career business guy, can run the state and grow us into the future and and, uh, and and lift people up through economic prosperity. That's why I'm running for governor. Obviously, uh, you can sell fun, but so can Eric Doden, so can Mike Braun. What's, first of all, let me ask this. What separates you from the, the other five, six candidates running for governor right now? Yeah, listen, I'm the only one that's never run for office before. This is a service job for me. This isn't a career change. Uh, I believe in the potential of Indiana. So, so the fact that I'm not a career politician separates me right, right there. I, I've been separate Secretary of Commerce. I've, I, uh, as a volunteer, grew the economy, brought in $51 billion with a new investment into the state grew wages 30% more than any time in, in Indiana history. I think that separates me. You know, I, there's a lot of differences between Mike Braun, a sitting U.S. senator, a career politician. He's been on the ballot seven times. That's the first time I've ever been on the ballot, right? And I'm doing this as a service opportunity because I believe in the potential of Indiana, but you have to go get the future you want. You can't just allow that future to show up. Uh, obviously, uh, you were at the IEDC until you stepped down to run for governor. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest is going to be the, the LEAP project, the yeah. LEAP district, water rights. Yeah. Uh, lawmakers are trying to put more trans- transparency, accountability to the IEDC. Yeah. Uh, are, you happy, are you satisfied with your tenure there? What do you think about, law, what, you think about what lawmakers are trying to do? Well, I, I think my tenure there was historic and record-breaking. And it, again, we grew wages 30% more than any time in state history. We brought $51 billion of new investment to the state. High-wage jobs that are going to keep our kids and our grandkids in this state and grow our economy. We can't fix education without a growing economy. We can't fix health care and mental health and address public safety without a growing economy. So, so $51 billion, when the most we've done in a year is $8 billion, 30% higher wages, that, that's a material uh, tenure as, as Secretary of Commerce, the LEAP District. Um, if we would have had the LEAP District before my tenure, we'd be putting up steel and pouring concrete and hiring thousands of high-wage jobs for Intel today. But we weren't ready, and today we're ready because the LEAP District is in place. And so the LEAP District is, is an investment in competing against Ireland and China and Arizona. It's an investment in being ready. And now we're ready. And we're ready to go grow the economy to, to land that $4 billion Eli Lilly investment. Uh, one of the big things about the Lake District has always been sort of the water-related yeah. issues down there. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a study down in it of water supply. Yeah. Did you folks take that into account as you were putting together sort of the, the proposal to put together the Leap District, and, and particularly in that Tippecanoe, Lebanon County area? Yeah, sure. Listen, wouldn't it have been nice if, if there would have been a strategic water analysis done before I was there? It took a business guy, an outsider who's never done this before, to highlight that 
that water is one of our most strategic assets. It's an asset, right? Below ground water and above ground water, rivers, lakes, and, a, and below ground water. It took an outsider to highlight the, the need to study water and to use water as the asset that it is to grow our economy. And so I'm happy with the conversations around water. As governor, I will make uh, it a priority to evaluate and be strategic about a below ground and above ground water going forward. Because it's never been done until I, I and the IEDC made it, a, made it an issue to study. It was just a study. It's an ongoing study. We'll see what that study reveals. But the one thing that we know is that it's an asset. It's a strategic asset to Indiana. And so let's study it. Let's be strategic about its use. So far, it doesn't seem like most people are talking about the governor's race with the big field. Do you think everyone's going to stay in the race? And then how are you going to get the you know, people to you know, pay attention on the race? You know, you know, Mike Braun is much better known than sure. the other candidates. How are you yeah. going to make that yeah. case? That's a, it's, a, it's a super good question. <laughs> I, I am... I'm a, I've, I've had a private life and, and self-made business guy. I started from nothing in 1984 and, and grew a business in Indiana, and I'm just grateful for that journey. I'm grateful that Indiana has allowed me to pursue the American dream, right? And that's, that gratitude's the reason I'm running for governor, because I, I want to give back. It's a service job, not a career change for me. You're right. Mike Braun's been in politics 20 years. He has a name, uh, uh, he has a name advantage. But that's why in the last five months, I got in August 17th, the last five months, I've been to over 300, had 300 uh, events. I'm out meeting Hoosiers. I was in three southern Indiana ta- uh, towns yesterday, Tell City, uh, Madison, Vanderburgh County. So I'm getting out meeting Hoosiers, talking to voters, telling them what I would like to do and my vision for Indiana. And I think that's working. Um, and I think, you know, voter turnout is super important in the United States for a democracy to be healthy. We need people to come out to know that it's a it's an open primary, right? To come out and vote and participate and do your civic duty to vote. I, I think having five people in this governor's race is really healthy for Indiana. Looking at uh, your sort of your, your you, know, you mentioned your business background. Obviously you have a lot of investments all over the state and different do you think that creates any you know, difficulties if you do become governor in, you know, how you do the state business and with your company's portfolio and such around the state, do you think there's any conflict or troubles that you would experience with that? I don't. I, I don't. We, you know, I had the same issue as Commerce Secretary, and we navigated that very well. So, so no, we're a national company, so Indiana is obviously important, but we're a national company. We're doing business all over the country. Um, but I don't. We, we, uh, we have, we, we understand the rules of the road there, and our guys are running the business, and they're doing a great job. And uh, I am passionate about Indiana's potential. It's unrealized potential. I believe Indiana is great, but it can be even better. But you have to go get it. We have to shape our future. We have to grow our economy to invest in education, public safety, health care, and mental health. I don't think we can cut our way to success. Uh, one of the big things, sticking to your business background, uh, Medicaid uh, recently now told state uh, lawmakers there's going to be a billion-dollar yeah. uh, shortfall. People are still trying to figure out what exactly happened. Um, what do you think should be done, and how, will you, how would you address that? Sure. And, and should people be fired? Well, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comment when I don't have all the details, right? I, 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 I have what you have, and that's what's been published. But um, so, so first of all, families with disabilities, it's, it's, it's part of government's role is to support those. We also need to be very clear in what the expectations is and what, and what the information is. And I think there's a lack of information right now. So, uh, 
I just encourage FSSA to, to bring the information out and let's let's have a conversation. Let's have the folks who are who are um, who are anxious about this understand the rules of the road going forward. I think that's first and foremost. Um, the bigger concern for me on Medicaid is that the fact that that our uh, Medicaid roles have doubled over the last. 10 or so years, which means people are in economic distress in Indiana. And so that that really leads to my passion about growing Indiana's average wage, creating higher wage jobs, growing the economy, lifting Hoosiers up economically. That's fundamental to my mission as, as governor and potential governor is to, is to put more money in Hoosier pockets by growing the economy. And so I think if you have a growing economy, guess what? The, the, the pressures on Medicaid can go down because people are financially secure. So, so that's a big picture thought. I don't have all the details on that issue, but I, I just I gave you my thoughts on that. Speaking on the, uh, speaking on the economy, uh, obviously your, your message is economics, growing the economy. Yeah. Uh, like the old so would say, the rising vote solves all, right. raises all tides. Yep. Uh, but it seems like the Republican electorate, particularly here in Indiana, is maybe a little more maybe sort of ideologically conservative as to where you are. Sure. So how do you reach out <clears throat> you know, to those ideological conservative voters, particularly in a competitive primary when it seems everybody seems to be sort of yeah. you know, rushing to get to the right as we found out that founders principles form a few weeks ago? Listen, I'm a conservative Republican. I don't think there's any differences between me and the other candidates on those, on those uh, conservative values a- at all. Uh, but I am laser focused on the one thing that I know touches every Hoosier, and that's economic opportunity, economic security. That's where my lane is. That's where, that's what I'm hearing when I'm talking to Hoosiers over the last 300 events over the last five months. Um, I will tell you that, you know, uh, Abdul, this is, I've never done this before, right? I'm not a career politician. I'm a business guy. This is a first for me filing for a ballot. Um, but, but meeting Hoosiers, 300 events, meeting Hoosiers, hearing their story, listening. I'm a listener, listening to their concerns. What they're telling me is grow the economic pie, create economic opportunity, get government smaller. That's what I'm hearing. Thanks, guys. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.